Hello and welcome to the Weekend Review. I'm Michael Curzon and I'm joined as ever by SD Wicket. Sam, how are you? I'm okay, Michael. The weather's a bit uh, odd today. It's been sunny early, but now it's overcast and looking like it's going to rain. Usual weather report. We forgot this last week, actually, didn't we? Luke, how about in uh, in your area? Yeah, yeah, he, he, he forgot it because um, you were both busy insulting me. But the, the weather on my end has been sort of a reverse time scale. It was windy, overcast in the morning. It's nice and sunny. Yes, and that was uh, the weekend weather, and now on to the weekend review. Yeah, that was we... the important bit. Now on to the lesser stuff. We've just lost all of the listeners, I think. Um, now, if if we uh, if last week we didn't lose the listeners with a boring intro, then we we certainly lost them shortly afterwards by the very fact that the episode was removed completely uh, from YouTube by by YouTube, um, owned, of course, by Google, uh, apparently because of COVID misinformation. Um, now, we put a reminder on the website that the episode was still available elsewhere, and we're, we're working out a way now of getting it so you can listen to all our episodes um, directly from our website so as to prevent them from banning us again. Um, but, I mean, one listener sort of rightly pointed out that after listening to the episode, they were bemused by the fact it got banned. It was one of our tamest, I think. We might have touched uh, briefly touched on the vaccination of children, but not in any way that we have in other episodes. And Guy Denton, our US editor, correctly pointed out that YouTube managed to miss uh, an episode we recorded called Conspiracy Theories Vindicated. So I'm amazed that we got away with that one, uh, but not with last week's, what was it, Standing on the Precipice, which, as I say, was fairly mild. Um, very, but, yeah, very mild, yeah. Yeah, very mild. But, uh, you know, one of the signs we can take from this is that um, you have to be a certain size, I imagine, to be spotted, to be banned in the first place. So maybe it's a it's a strange form of compliment from our uh, tech overlords. Mm-hmm. And uh, in just our, our tech overlords, it's our health overlords, too. I mean, this is um, a, a passage from the uh, email that we, we received from YouTube. It says YouTube doesn't allow uh claims about covid19 vaccines that contradict expert consensus from local health authorities or the world health organization so um yeah uh there's one truth and uh dvs at your peril or per- the peril of your, of your videos also like we weren't even really discussing the vaccine from like a scientific point of view no we're talking about, we're talking about um the 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 nature of them being culturally enforced not yeah. And we've been talking about that very frequently. And I know you two have done plenty what's going on about that, that same topic. Ooh. So it's just, it's just that the algorithm found a series of words and phrases which it didn't like, which it programmed to um, remove from the website. And that's how it went. Now, going back to uh, our overlords of, of World Health Organization, if, if you were to contradict them, say, in January 2020, if you were to say that the coronavirus... Um, passes from human to human that would contradict world health organization data and uh it's a shame that uh, i think we i i touched i remember touching upon it scientifically last week but that was to say that um it's more dangerous for young people to take the vaccine than um it is for them to contract covid now of course this generation is now off you this this episode is now off youtube unfortunately but I even cited the British Medical Journal. So, as as Wicket says, there is there can only be one universal truth, particularly in this age of just political conformity and dogma. And unfortunately, we were on the wrong side of it. Mm. Yeah, 
Well, I think the, the importance of this um, actually probably can't be overstated. Because, you know, we always hear about, you know, censorship and that and people sort of brush it off but it is actually a very serious thing because it it led us straight away to think right how is it that we get our episodes elsewhere so that we don't get them banned in the future and people can listen and all the alternatives it seems you know we already put them on spotify as well but say putting them on our website or putting them on other uh, visit video platforms or whatever none of them would attract anywhere near the same amount of listeners um i mean of course you have also got this thing of shadow banning where even if a platform allows you to keep your videos or articles, it won't direct its users to you and sort of hide you unless someone knows exactly what to search for. So, you know, that's another thing that could have happened. But the fact is, is that millions of people use YouTube and Google and everything else because the alternatives just don't add up to it. They're nowhere near as good. And they have a monopoly in that sense, which makes uh, our position quite difficult in that we're struggling to think, right, we can put it here, but we're not going to get as many listeners. We can put it here, but people can't subscribe, or we can put it here and people can't comment on it. So it is, you know, I think this is a very important thing um, that we've only had one episode taken off here, but um, we were warned that if we carry on with our uh, disobedient behaviour, we'll get a strike, and then after that, your channel is permanently banned. And just to think of all the hard work and hours and discussion thought, which is, you know, a lot of process that goes into it, um, can just get banned um, by the click of a finger because of either some algorithm or somebody uh, in an office who deems it inappropriate is incredibly worrying. Mm-hmm. It is just the symptom of the utterly unfeeling nature of the current um, dominant cultural force, right? It's just, it's, you know, that consideration is, isn't being made. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, pretend that, you know, us, us being, us having a video taken down is, you know, tantamount to, uh, you know, burning books but like it, it is still a symptom and it isn't just us it, it's you know a lot of places have, uh, have been completely just taken offline um because they they dared ask questions and whether this this the striking down of the video was by an algorithm of a human is it, no difference when that algorithm or or that being made of flesh and blood doesn't actually tell you in that email what you said <laughs> what what exactly you are guilty for it just said this video contradicts and of course the video was us talking for 35 minutes it could have been anything and it's just characteristic of all these we we might have said the wrong weather it was actually sunny when we said it was raining we didn't do a weather report yeah it was you know what actually hang on we started hang on a second we started the episode by roasting luke luke do you have anything to do with this yeah are you like nick clegg you suddenly get elected <laughs> luke did you snitch uh can't comment because this will get banned too um <laughs> no, that's the point luke i mean clearly they're not interested uh in us um writing our ways shall we say they're not bothered about us learning right this is exactly what you said that was wrong please try not to do this in the future clearly what their aim is is to get us to stop talking altogether they say your, uh, you know, this has been removed because of COVID information, misinformation. They won't tell us the specific segment, so we have no way of knowing exactly what it was that was wrong. Instead, the idea is let's just not talk about COVID altogether because clearly, you know, uh, YouTube tells us that we're wrong when we do talk about it, which I think is probably their main view. They, they don't make it specific because then we can do another video and get criticised for something else. I think their, their aim really... Uh, with the threat of a strike and then having the channel banned is um, 
for us to stop talking about COVID and lockdowns altogether. And, and one of the things, obviously, this is a, we run a print magazine to, to do that. We have costs of uh, printing and posting, things like that. And we've been talking for a while about, if possible, using podcasts and, and the website to get a bit of income for that um, through adverts and all that when you get certain thresholds of listenership and, and what have you. But of course, the question then, especially with YouTube say is, right, we've reached the threshold now, let's go and apply for monetization on YouTube. How likely is it that we'd either be told fine, and then after two videos, which are slightly critical of the government's position on COVID, it gets taken away from us, or we're just told no in the first place. It's very likely that that could happen after, again, lots of hours of, of hard work, of thought, and, um, and people actually listening. So it's a very unfair system. But again, one which you can't really escape unless I think you sort of try and do things yourself and host them on your own platform. But that, of course, limits uh, the number of people able to produce content safely to a very small band. I think, I think the, 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 the part that most alarms me about this and makes it feel the most Kafkaesque is that it's, I think we would have gotten away with this if we were you know, giving, you know, what we called misinformation in quotes from a, a progressive standpoint. Mm. You know, it, 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 it's not just because, you know, of what we said, it's because of, you know, essentially which... Who we are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's which camp we're in. Because if you look at the people who get taken offline for, you know, misinformation or hate speech, again, in, in, in sizable air quotes, it's, it's, it, it becomes very clear that these rules aren't being enforced um, in a non-partisan way you know, it's it's obvious it's obvious to anyone who's looking that these corporations in silicon valley are heavily progressive in their um in in their staff and in their hr departments and in their marketing departments so you know it 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 does feel like we would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those <laughs> another thing to be, to be fearful of is that we know we're with dissidents essentially but we don't exactly know what opinions will land us in hot water i mean i'm, I'm sure we've, we've all experienced before we, we've said the wrong thing we said the wrong word without knowing that term is actually now the wrong word and um yeah regarding uh the sort of i know we, we've referred to them as the silicon valley cartel before and they certainly are and all, all this talk of say progressing to other platforms building up building our own or i remember when we were talking about the gamestop theory they are uh, not gamestop what was the website called oh yes G gamestop as, as well they um got rid of wall street bets just completely mm. taken offline because they're hurting the oligarchs and then when we're talking about the u.s capital riots what they attacked parlor and they essentially booted that fr from the web as well mm. so it is essentially digital digital bullying well, just remember with with president well was president trump how easily he was taken off pretty much every platform and someone a family member who knows i'm interested in politics said the other day i, I think i don't know might have read an article in which he was mentioned and said well what's trump up to these days or do you think he'll run again i said you know i've, I've got absolutely no idea because i've just not heard anything hmm. uh from from that side of the story we don't hear Anything that Trump says, there's, there's pretty much no way of doing so unless you go on, you know, um, some fairly obscure websites to try and find out where you, you're battled by about 100 pop-ups you have to get rid of. Um, it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's quite, um, quite severe. 
mm. in that someone who was once that high up in society and had so much power now is essentially silent well it was a it was a digital execution that's yeah what, that's what it was it, and it was coordinated and I, I made this point um several episodes ago when we, we look at um alex jones being the, the sort of the, the, the test run for this because he was in a coordinated move he was taken offline off every major silicon valley cartel um network in a matter of hours and no one no one really you know protested it because it was alex jones and it was bad form to support someone like alex jones but that was the precedent being said and that's exact same thing happened to trump um if they can if they, if they can do it to you know the the president of the united states they can sure as hell do it to us mm. um it, it's it's made it's made the um the the thin ice beneath our feet seem even thinner i think this might have happened before the last episode but i'm not sure if we talked about it then uh another channel which was i think the channel itself was sort of banned for a week or 10 days or something was sky news australia which again this isn't you know this isn't uh milo yiannopoulos's podcast this is the main channel of one of the country's main um, media organisations. This is big fish. And again, they just banned it for a week. And I've seen a report that since it's been back online, um, they've been thinning out some of the videos, getting rid of some of the stuff that might have landed them in hot water. So again, it's, it's not just a thing where they say, this is where you've gone wrong. We'll try and show you how to go right in the future. They've said, this is how you've gone wrong. And the people on the receiving end have thought, well, maybe we ought to not cover that topic then. We'll get out those videos just in case we get banned again. And maybe we won't talk about this in the future again. And that, of course, is, you know, um, whilst he's not a sort of figure that we refer to very often, I think he was right. Uh, Jordan Peterson, when he was talking to uh, the Channel 4 interviewee, uh, who was asked, you know, why is it that you can say things that other people determine to be hate speech? And he says, because that's how we think generally. To, in order to uh, think and to challenge opinions, you have to risk being offensive to somebody. And I think he was right on that. Um, and it seems that YouTube, uh, Google, and I think we could extend that, given some of the figures we've just been talking about, to Twitter, uh, Facebook and others, just aren't interested in the idea of the progression of, of thought in that sense. They'd rather thought didn't take place. Like, at least again on our side no because they've they took one look at the culture and they hedged their bet mm. you know and now that now they're backing their their interests but but, but i mean it, it it is quite funny when um sort of slightly more fringe elements of the political left sort of cheer this thing on you know because um i don't i don't i don't buy the the line from other writers that um yeah, the, the people behind this are, you know, the not are, are you know communists and you know, socialists and whatever. That you know, they're they're essentially we'll technocratic. Yeah, the message is technocratic, progressive, globalists. But I mean, when I see like you know communists and anarchists cheering this thing on because you know the 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 nasty alt right have been vanquished, I think, well, what's going to happen to you after they're gone? Mm. You're next. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's next. true. Yeah. They're not there. I said they're they're handy at the moment, but they're not uh, their real allies. Yeah, they're poor. They're attack dogs. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is not a a regime of um, cultural Marxism, whatever that that term means. It's just a regime of capital. It can be described described as a capital regime. It it cares about money, products, 
the 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 meaning of life is just consume product shut up it's it's a it's a progressive regime yeah enrich our um enrich our shareholders buy our silicon valley products endorse progressivism because it distracts you from what's important and be a be a consumer be a drone i think only to an extent though because i mean surely donald trump was very profitable for twitter Surely Alex Jones was very profitable for YouTube. I mean, these are people who got millions between them of, of views across the world, millions of hits, people going on the channel just to see them. And yeah, I imagine having lost them as, as uh, platform users, that uh, they took a bit of a hit as a result. Sure, but money's only like one form of capital. I mean, there's social, social capital is worth, you know, twice as much in this day and age. Mm, yeah, you know, there's a reason why companies were willingly alienate half the public because it's you know they're, they're basically performing to an audience of one which is you know the, the 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 church of progress the cathedral as mob we call it yeah um well i think on on that we'll, we'll move to the next topic but it's, it's worth me saying quick that you'll notice from now on when we share these episodes across all the series that you know we used to have youtube as the top link we'll still post on youtube because it's a as we say it's a handy platform to use we'll post on there uh, until we can't do so anymore but the main uh, platform we'll be pushing is actually our own our own website we'll be uh, hosting the podcasts on there so um if it if you don't like that format let us know if you've got other suggestions do also let us know we're sort of trialing and erroring different things at this point but hopefully that will uh, hopefully that will work well and and you'll be happy with it Yes, it's uh, also yeah. I like to just say to YouTube, do, do you have any idea how much of a pain it is to edit a video, <laughs> only for it to be taken offline within two days? At least they give us two days of listening. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we just like really well view wise in yeah, this. No, we can't be having this. Yeah. Right. We'll go on to the the next story. Anyway, I don't know who's actually leading this. Luke, are you going to are you going to talk to us about what's been going on in education? Education. Okay. Yes. Um. So uh, as we're all should be aware that the uh, the A level and GCSE students have uh, received their quote unquote results this week. Now this is the second year in which exams have not taken place, so um, it's a combination of um, assessments in class, coursework, and the teacher's own personal conclusion and prediction of what this student might receive in a real life example has been all shafted together. And then um, it's essentially a crystal ball grade. And uh, I think the, the phrase on everyone's lips is grade inflation. Now, for all the talk of um, students you know, working really hard, being compensated for COVID, it just doesn't really justify these percentages. I mean, 45% of all entries were graded A and A star. It's the sort of similar numbers for GCSEs with the one to nine system. And last year it was 39%. The last year exams actually took place, it was 20, 25%. So whether this new this year's cohort of students is twice as smart as those of two years ago, it's just, I, I, I struggle, I feel sorry for this generation because I, I struggle to see how um, universities will take it seriously. Univer universities in the sort of ironic stance are now worried about grade inflation. So, hmm made me laugh this way well, universities i saw now are, are paying some students ten thousand pounds it says yes. to defer because they've got so many people going in um 
on, on particular topics which I just can't accommodate um especially because of this but you know what what happens uh, with this and we saw this i mean we we went to uni not long ago and for me at least the first year doing history and politics um we were having lectures on how to write an essay on um how to reference how to we, we literally had um i don't like to use the word literally but i, I mean it in this in this scenario we, we actually did have lectures on how to use the library on how to read the books in them best and things like that it's basically a remedial year before you actually start your degree which i yeah. think is why so many people go on to do masters now your first year, your first year grades don't mean anything is you have to yeah. pass for a reason yeah which is ridiculous i mean these are the very things writing an essay for goodness sake you should be learning in your gcse's um never mind it in your gcse's especially not you should have mastered it at your a levels and it's time for university you surely don't need your hand held i love how when um i mean the a levels were probably the toughest time of my education university was just a doddle and of course me and Curzon went to the same university the same lectures on how to analyze an essay what what color highlighter you should use when yeah, really, yeah. when criticizing an academic's argument? It's just, no, I mean, no wonder if there's if that's the standard of university education of how to write an essay. No wonder fifty percent have been given A's and A stars. But also, I mean, the, the the buck should stop at university. If you aren't intellectually capable by the end of your first year, you shouldn't be at university. I mean, this whole thing about you know. Uh, half of all young kids going to university these nowadays. I mean, the, the number of people coming out of that should be should, will probably be lower because a lot of people are going to face a, a, a shock when they go to a place with actual intellectual rigor, like a university. That's true, but as we say, the the rigor at universities now is much lower than it might once yeah, have been expected. That's, yeah, that's, that's even the remedial yeah. beginnings, and and also, what courses are a lot of these people taking? Uh, places that weren't universities thirty years ago uh now are and are offering courses which um i don't know people wouldn't have dreamed of uh having been invented many years ago and and just to say this whole a level inflation um it's been painted over the past week as a cause of the past year of lockdowns uh and you know it's, it's all covid's fault again nonsense two years ago or maybe even three years ago i remember writing about um the A-level results, um, an Excel maths paper, Excel being probably one of the most respected um, boards for running maths and science exams, um, gave A grades for people who got 40, uh, sorry, 51% of the questions right in maths that is as well. This isn't um, something like history say, where an answer isn't, or, or English literature, where the answer isn't black or white um and you you know there's different perspectives and it's mainly about how you got there uh so as to get grades so more difficult with maths it's very straightforward it's yes or no the workings of course matter but not quite as much as the end result um so to say that half of your answers in a paper could simply be wrong not because of interpretation but because you got it wrong and you can still get an a grade is lunacy i mean the, the english a levels used to be equivalent, say in the, the 60s uh, and, and time before that, were considered as being equivalent to a, an American degree. Now we've got to the point where such a grade in, uh, in maths, at A-level point, isn't really worth the paper it's written on. 
And I think the, the biggest shame about this, it's difficult talking about sometimes, especially when you know people who recently go through, uh, have gone through the A-levels and we're not that old, but uh, it was too long ago for us. The difficult thing is that a lot of people are very intelligent, do do very well in their exams and the grades reflect it for them. The problem is that other people get the same grades as them or very similar grades to them, uh, whereas their actual capabilities academically, not in other scenarios necessarily, but academically are much lower. That I think is a great shame. The, the case in which everybody has been given prizes means that those who really deserve them have sort of been left behind. And I think that's shameful. Well, two things, two things there. The first one being um, inflation. I mean, you know, the thing about inflation is that when something inflates, it becomes meaningless, it becomes worthless. Yeah. You know, it's, it's now get to the point where, you know, a degree in this day and age is basically worthless. You know, there are plenty of universities that are basically just two one factories. You go there, they'll give you a two one no matter how capable you are or aren't. So they, they can keep the, their funding going. But you, you didn't think it was gonna hit, you know, the Russell Group schools and Oxbridge and that sort of thing. You think you would like to think that there is still, you know, a, a classical rigor there. But they're not. I mean, there's a lot of people now who are going to be going into the most prestigious institutions in in the country, learning wise, while not really, <laughs> while not really being, you know, the same level of elites that would have been there, you know, fifty years ago. Yeah. And also, the second thing is prizes, because this this thing does remind me of when you're a kid playing football and you get, you know, a trophy just for taking part. This is what it is. This is a, you know, a participation medal with very real world consequences. Mm. And, and again, the, say with the universities, there are many courses where that's true, uh, that grades are sort of just given out because they're those sort of courses uh, which as I said, with the other subjects, aren't really very black and white. It's all down to interpretation and everybody is correct in this day and age where there's, there's no such thing as standards. Um, and that sort of stemmed from our view of, uh, of the, in the same sense with morality, where there's nothing that's right or wrong and it's all down to interpretation. There are, but there are other people who go to university and do subjects where rigor is needed and the results show that so you know you say about the 2-1 machine for, for many people having that in certain subjects means a lot in other subjects it doesn't mean anything so that makes it really difficult for employers when they're looking at a table of results which are all the same um to to try and work out who is or isn't good um mm. and one one way i think of showing that this really isn't a new covid thing that i quite like is a report by the engineering council which was released in the year 2000 so this is 21 years ago a long time ago, really, when we think about it, <laughs> me and Luke uh, had only just been born. Um, I, might, I might not have been. Was it 2000? Not, might, not, might not have been born. Well, there you are. The, coin world, toss. the world might have been a better place. Um, <laughs> get banned for that. But their, their study basically looked at um, some small test results uh, from various cohorts of students over about five years. These students took the same test. There were students who had looked at uh, maths, engineering and science or physics maybe uh, at A-levels and went to university to uh, study a subject which was in that sort of field. And they found that while the students were getting the same or higher grades, their basic understanding of these subjects as determined by this test, which was the same across all the years, got lower, um, which I think is a really good illustration of, of just how long this has been going on for, uh, just how impactful it is. Um, and, you know, we, we, 
we hear that it must stop after this disastrous COVID year and we've, you know, we've got to sort ourselves out. I can't see that happening. The Conservatives have been in uh, for, for over a decade now. Um, they're just as useless as Labour is on the topic. Um, and given that this is one of those matters, unfortunately, where I think politics is the deciding factor rather than culture, um, very little is likely to be done. I mean, th this has been a terminal decline that, um, like when you were just a goldfish to a, to a new tank by slowly increasing the temperature. This this is what we're seeing, and now we've realised that the temperature is, is far too hot. And the only solution that we put forward, as one government advisor has said, is that to just create a grade 10 at GCSEs. And that will probably follow to like an A hat at, at sixth form. But, and then you know what's going to happen in five, 10 years' time? Half the world will be given grade 10s and A hats. We're, so we're getting, it's, it's so funny. It's just kicking the can down the road. It's so funny because we're getting less and less intelligent with every new generation, but they're going to believe that they're smarter than they actually are. You know, yeah. and it, it really amuses me that, that the one year there's record grade inflation, you know, a record number of, you know, A's and A stars at A level. It's, it, it's when it is quite possibly the most vapid generation to have ever existed. I mean, if you ever like, if you ever speak to like, you know, like family members who are like of that age group, they, they don't know anything. Hmm. This gen generation, and I, we kind of part the same generation, but a generation which is just glued to technology. Yeah, but we're, Their we're, spans we're, are fried. Their level of English is, is probably it's so it's, broken. It's post literacy. So inarticulate. Yeah. Post literacy. Yeah. Yeah. But but again, this isn't just an educational thing. So you know, we talk about people thinking they're the cleverest, whereas it's probably uh, much different to that from other eras. We'll think also um, culturally or morally. So we live in an age where. Um, sex outside of i mean we used to say sex out of marriage but now it's it's easier to say sex outside of relationships and it's it's just as uh, big a problem sex outside of relationships is massive the amount of um children who are being abandoned by their parents is massive uh, also reflected by the massive number of abortions drug usage uh, is massively high crime rates also hideously so as we've been reminded mental illness uh, mental illness as well not not uh, only because of lockdown again but just further on due to hideous cityscapes um, abuse in relationships or lack of responsibility from men who have one night stands than escape all these sorts of things yet we still tell ourselves because of the nonsense of black lives matter and and the me too movement that we're the most progressive colorful amazing uh lovely generation of decades god just to think of how people lived before is terrible how did people get through their daily lives when times were so oppressive um, we, we have this highbrow view of ourselves um, in today's world, whereas that's I not, think we should actually be ashamed. But I mean, Blaine, that's not my view. That's not your, that's not your view, Michael. That's not Luke's view. That's not anyone involved in Bornbrook's view. That's just, it's the view of the orthodoxy from which we dissent, um, which is the, the most frustrating part because we can, we can see right through it. You know, we, we can see that we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater and now we're sleepwalking into just, just this, you know, technocratic hellscape where you know we're all tethered to our devices and it's like brave new world but um for most people they either can't see it or they can they can't wait for it mm. like seriously well, like, like like the 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 massive gulf between uh, educational um success and actual education in this country is is phenomenal yeah i've seen people who um gone off to university and um half of their vocabulary is the word like 
Yeah, it's, just, was, it's just an infection. Yeah, no, I, I was reading tweets yesterday about someone who'd gotten into Oxford, right? And they were talking and they said, you know, um, uh, someone said congratulations and they said, thank you, you're so lovely. And they spelled yours and you're so lovely, Y-O-U-R. That's, that's, a, that's a basic grammatical error of someone who's going to the number one right university in the country. <laughs> I think we're all just salted that we didn't get him. That might be it. At this yeah. point, I, I'm I'm happy with my clay, my plate glass of education. <laughs> I'm glad you've just gotten out of it. Yeah, with my true. with my two one from the two one factory. Yeah, that's true. Um, I got well, first from a two one factory. Oh, all right. Don't don't get mm. mental. Um, sure, yeah, that, <laughs> don't go mental. On that basis, I think we'll we'll move on to the last topic because we're at, we're at risk here of going well over time uh, on education. I knew this was happening. So before the recording, we realised that we'd forgotten uh, to put in the the list of topics uh, probably the biggest story uh, geopolitically at least of the week uh, being Afghanistan. Uh, but being uh, obsessive cultural conservatives, we we just had to put education in uh, as well and sort of the decline of of that because it it translates not only from education as we say but into general uh, cultural loss which is why it's important but enough on that we'll go on to the the final topic of today which is as we say afghanistan now sam i think you might like to to lead on this one yes um well i mean like like you two i'm sure you you know grew up around you know 2006 2007 you know primary school starting secondary school turn on the news and every day a new story would emerge of a, a, a British soldier who'd been killed in Afghanistan um, or, you know, an IED that had gone off and had taken a soldier with it. Or you, you know, you, you grew up watching things like Ross Kemp in Afghanistan or various different, you know, reports about the, uh, the coalition uh, mission in, in, in the Middle East. Um, so we all grew up in, in, in the specter of the war on terror, right? You know, the, um, one of the first things I remember seeing on a newsreel was the anti-Iraq war protests and that sort of thing. So, you know, from basically my childhood, I was I was five when 9-11 happened up till well, the last week. The war on terror has been an ever-present um, part of our lives. And what's happened in Afghanistan has shown me, at least, that all of that was for nothing. Because the moment the 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 um, ISAF coalition left Afghanistan, the Taliban just took the country back again. Um, they've now taken over half of the provincial capitals in the country, and was it four hundred or more British men died in Afghanistan? Mm. Undone in a week. Yeah, and that's just British. Uh, others who went in to fight from from America and and elsewhere would take the tallies much higher. Um, and it's, I mean, it's. A lot of people have made this comment, but it's, it must be a very disappointing moment, uh, bitter moment for the families of those people who went into fights, um, who at the time must have been wondering what it was for, uh, and now even more so, uh, eternally so. Um, mm -hmm. Not just disappointing, but endlessly frustrating and, and upsetting. Um, oh, also, it's yeah, it's it's basically Vietnam, right? It's an unwinnable war in a in a you know an untraversable terrain against an enemy who know it you know and it's funny because the last operation in afghanistan will be to go in and retrieve british and american nationals from various embassies that is literally that was how vietnam ended you know with a the helicopter on the, Saigon, helicopter on the roof uh, of yeah. the u.s embassy i mean it, it's it's a it's it's utter humiliation for um for nato um 
but also, I mean, are we surprised? I mean, you know, we 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 left Iraq in a worse place than we found it, Libya, and now Afghanistan. Afghanistan is a nation that has never been conquered. I mean, it's a very mountainous region with so many disparate tribes that are never going to work with each other. And with the um, advent of US hegemony and the remnants of empire sort of allowed Islamic extremism to flourish. And uh, this is probably, well, this is America's most embarrassing moment on the world stage since, since Vietnam. Because although um, Britain has made its sacrifice for nothing the u.s is probably even more so i mean biden this is probably the the, the first big crisis of biden's presidency which the mainstream media will probably talk about and um yeah i think this the situation in afghanistan will like, you, you can never see it improving i mean yeah afghanistan is the graveyard of empires right the yeah. like the british went there got chased out the soviets went there got chased out and now the americans and also the funny thing is, is that the the the, the, the taliban the 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 resurgent i mean i hadn't even heard the word taliban in a news broadcast for about 10 years before yeah. um this happened this is old school but, i mean the, it, since then it's it's important yeah and they've fallen since then and it's, but it's important not to forget also that the, the 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 taliban obviously grew out the Mujahideen was trained, armed, and radicalized by the U.S. Yeah. So you know, it's it's uh, all things all things come back round. Um, but yeah, no, it, it is utter humiliation for the U.S. But also, I mean, to to this, this reminds me of um, the first time I had bubble on, on our current predicament. We we're talking about uh, Libya and Iraq, and we were saying, um, well, say the mission had been completely successful, right? And there have been, you know, Western um, regime change in Afghanistan. But what would Afghanistan look right now? There would be never-ending political dogma and corporate advertising everywhere. Life would be utterly meaningless. The families that made up the bricks of society would be crumbling. There'd be hedonism in the streets. I mean, you know, like it seems Af Afghanistan, whether the US mission failed or, or succeeded, was uh, going to be in a worse place than when it was before. Hmm. Yeah, well, again, make make that across the board, and as soon as the uh, troops of the big guns leave, it just creates a power vacuum which allows even worse radicals to take its place. I mean, it, 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 Jupiter, of course, both are absolutely horrific and horrendous, but Saddam Hussein or ISIS, it's a yeah. no-brainer, really. Well, I mean, yeah, because like, who who wins in a vacuum, right? The most violent person wins in a vacuum. Yeah, the person willing to do the most violent things will win. Yeah. And the, the extremist tactic is if anyone resists, kill them. No place for surrender. That's probably the most targeted group, once the Taliban takes full control, will be those who assisted Western soldiers. Mm. It would be the translators who missed the last embassy helicopter. And they will, they will be trapped with no way of getting out. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, again, once again, this is uh, this is the... Uh, the catastrophic uh, outcome of of more um, neocon foreign policy. Yeah. 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 Again, th again, th think think back to two thousand six, two thousand seven. All the you know, the, all the the rhetoric around around the war. We were told that we were there to to to, to save them, to liberate them. I mean, obviously that 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 was a lie. We, we were just there as you know to extend American hard power. But I mean, we basically now just unleashed the worst elements of their society and they go all right have fun bye mm. you know because the option is either that or go back into another 20 
20 year long un- unwinnable war in the desert what a choice what a choice well on that i think we'll uh, we'll call it a week and thank you for those who've listened and again we'll be we'll be hosting on the website so have a look around on the on the podcast section there um and and give us your thoughts on on how we're formatting this uh, but thanks for listening and hope that you join us again next week cheers <laughs>